This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, heard Sunday mornings at 9 on Zoomer Radio. The new AM740. The world doesn't need another sports show. It needs an awesome sports show. You're listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. Neil, the boys are back. Let's talk sports. Good morning and welcome to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. I'm your host, Walter Rigabon. As usual, with me in studio this morning is my co-host, Naz Marchese. And also joining us this morning, former Toronto Maple Leaf and returnee to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour, Lou Franceschetti. Good morning, Naz. Good morning, Wally. How are you today? I am great. Good morning, Mr. Franceschetti. How are you today? I'm getting ready for the big ball hockey event today at the Rogers Cup. Oh, uh, we, we and talking about the Rogers Cup, of course, that's the tennis uh, tournament. That's uh, the men are in town this week, and uh, it, there's a big buzz in the, in the air because it says Milos returning home as a quasi conquering hero. He had that tremendous performance at Wimbledon, and uh, is back to uh, see if he can. Uh, get a Canadian title uh, under his belt. So uh, I know what you're alluding to, uh, to Lou. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked to Kevin Hill, who's the tournament director of the Rogers Cup, and uh, I managed to extricate out of him. It's Carl. Uh, sorry, Carl. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for the correction. Keep on confusing him with some, somehow Carl Hill and Kevin McHale. Kevin so, McHale, Boston sort of, uh, sort of confuses me. It's a 60-year-old it's a Zoomer brain, you know. That's what happens when you get to be this That's age. That's what happens when you're a lawyer. Yeah. Uh, what are you going to do? Anyways, my apologies to Carl Hill. Yeah, but uh, we managed to get an invitation for you to the. Uh, there's a ball hockey tournament at the at the Rogers Cup today, and uh, I guess it's part of the festivities, Lou. So I'll give you an opportunity to. Uh, we will be talking uh, sh- after the first break to the president and chief executive officer of Tennis Canada, Kelly Mermitz, and uh, we'll be talking about the Rogers Cup, and we'll give you an opportunity, to, uh, Lou, to uh, inform our listeners what's happening in terms of a ball hockey event at the Rogers Cup. Well, you know, I really don't know much about it. I was just told to show up at a certain time with my shoes, my my skills, my hands. Your diminished <laughs> skills. The ball hockey Hall of Famer. The ball hockey Your Hall of Famer. Your diminished skills. Anyways, maybe we'll talk to Kelly about that. We'll talk about uh, some of the festivities at the Rogers Cup, which... Uh, which is off and running at the Tennis Centre at York University uh, this week and should be, should be a great event. Um, but, Lou, you know, you're big. Uh, we want to talk some baseball. The Jays, uh, we're starting to get into the thick of the action. Uh, teams are starting to get ready for the stretch run. And, Naz, I want to get you uh, involved because you're a big baseball guy in the show. Jays. Uh, got beat up a little bit by the by the Mariners. Yeah, they don't and, and match Nel- up very well Cruz. against Seattle. They what, what's going on with the Jays? We, we they make a run, they get close, and, and then, then they, they get they then they get hammered, and they put R.A. Dickey they, on the mound, and uh, the Jays will be fine. The Jays will be fine. 
They're going to be fine? Yeah. Boston lost two to Minnesota, and uh, Oakland beat the Jays in Oakland two in a row. So it happens. You know, you, you lose those games. And Baltimore was uh, was dropping games, too, in the past couple of weeks. And uh, it all even out. The thing is, um, they've got to decide on Sanchez going to the bullpen, and that's the, the, the biggest part. And they, they need a starter to replace Sanchez. Sanchez has been terrific this year. No, like he's a Cy Young Award candidate, right? Well, wasn't it, wasn't it one year ago today that things started turning around here with the Blue Jays? They were seven games behind the Yankees, and all of a sudden the first deal with Tulowitzki comes in, and then Price comes in, and then Lowe comes in, and then uh, the, the kid out in left field comes in, and all of a sudden they go on this big run. Actually, and, I, I and, think and the... Correct me if I'm wrong, Naz, but the run last year really started at the beginning of July. They were they were under 500 at the beginning of July, and they and they made uh, they started to turn it around. If I'm they started to turn it around about the third week of July. Was it the third? Yeah. The, didn't the Tulowitzki trade come yeah, earlier? It was and, the Tula, the, as soon as the Tulowitzki trade was made, they started winning. Yeah, and that that, that came that came earlier in July, and then the price trade I think came at the end of July. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm uh, telling you, Tulowitzki deal came at the end of July. Yeah, it was a week, close to, a week, a week before, before. Yeah, a week before the David Price deal came out. So they really started playing. They started turning it around even before some of the trades started happening because uh, they they. No, they were seven the games out three three at three end, weeks into July. At the, at the end of July, but they were under five hundred at the beginning of July, and then they started they started a little bit of a run, and that encouraged, I guess, Alex to uh, to make some moves. Yeah, to throw the whole farm team away. Oh, here right. we go. Well, that's, he, what he, that's what he did. Louis, Louis, let's put it. Let's let's put a question to you. What guys have produced out of those it's guys? All, that it's all trade? irrelevant. I, I just want to. You know what? what? Farm I just want to explain to our listeners. Okay, so in case they, just, they get the picture, you're a New York Yankee fan. That's all, okay, and the Yankees you're, you're not. Suck. You're not a Blue Jay guy. I know that. You're a Yankee guy, but, and you're no, and you're nothing but critical about the Jays. Let's look at facts here. Okay. They've got nobody in their farm system to come up. They're probably one or one injury away from right now, from from going to okay. moving down. Let, let, let's 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 put it this way: they traded some assets, some prospects in their farm system. Are you saying that that was a mistake, given what happened in the end? I mean, do, do we do we say we don't make that price trade? Do we say we don't make that Tulowitzki trade? And we don't have we don't have what happened in in October last year. Like, how does that make any sense? Of course, you have assets, you trade them. You know, they got within they got within one calf injury to Brett Cecil from to getting to the to the World Series is literally what happened. You know what? If so, let, were so candy let's and not criticize Merry Christmas. That. It's it's all irrelevant. Let, let's have a let's 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 talk about the results that those moves created. They created they created a buzz in the city. And it's carried over into this year and ter- forget about Anything, but you know, Rogers is making money on the Blue Jays this year because, Naz, you know more of this better than I do. Do they not have the highest attendance in highest Major League attend- Baseball? Highest attendance in American League. Okay, the highest attendance in baseball is the Dodgers, and okay. then it's the Jays. So look, look where they've gone, and in this money that you know that that in these moves that Anthopolis made has you know what they're they, in a business. It's generated. Dollars and cents for them. They've played without Tulowitzki this year. They've played without Bautista for a period of time, and they haven't really let up. They're in right in striking position to be the American League East champions. Well, right? they're a couple arms away. Not to say that Baltimore and Boston aren't also, but the Jays are there. So, 
should well, they and the trade they they made big money this year the, well, the baseball I'm, I'm not questioning them making the trades and going for for all of the whole kit and caboodle at the end of the last year what i'm trying to state here is they've traded all their possible future assets for one run now they've got one more run this year if they don't make any changes from now till uh till the end of the week or even the end of august because of the uh, the non-waiver uh, rule comes in in aug- after well, August 1st, I, 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 they're, they're going to be in big trouble. I, I want to react to something you just said, and it, it seems to be uh, um, a difference or a debate on this issue, and I want you to pipe in on this one, Naz, as they're saying they've got one run left. And, and I'm not so sure that that's no, they true. Don't. That's, that's okay. a lot of bonk. T- take, take a look at uh, take a look what, what we've got. Look at their pitching staff. Okay. How can you, how can you, you say got Sanchez, that? Sanchez, Strowman. Hap, they're okay, still. So young. You got some young guys there. You got Donaldson. You got Tulowitzki. You've got probably they're going to sign Incarnacion. Uh, Saunders seems to have taken his game to a different level. You know, you you've got the core. You've got the core there, and you put some parts on the outside of it. You've got the core there for a team that could be successful for for the near term horizon. And I, I have to disagree with you, Lou, on that. This is not their last kick at the can. I really don't think what? it is. It is their last kick. And I'll tell you why. Because they have a certain payroll that they have to file. Okay? They got to fit the payroll. It's not the Yankees, it's not the Dodgers, it's not the Red Sox where they're going to go over 150 million dollars a year. Okay? Edwin is pretty well more or less. He signed his 25 30 million dollar contract with the season that he has. Batista's on his way out. Batista if he goes and I know he's a five and ten player. If he gets traded, they'll they'll be a much better team with what they bring in return. Michael Saunders, he's having a career year, okay. And every year, just like every other sports, every year is different. Who knows that the four pitchers are going to come back and have the same kind of year next year as they're having this year because of injuries? Sure, they're young, but how do you know Sanchez's arm's not going to blow out? How about uh, Stroman's arm? Sure, he had the leg injury. Those are the things you don't have to look at the 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 dark side of it. But those are things that do happen because baseball, if you've looked over the last couple of years, okay, everybody has gotten hurt. They don't the have Jays, any young... The Jays have had their injuries this year, too. They don't have any young studs coming Cecil, up. They lost Cecil, the guy out of the bullpen that was Cecil's another unrestricted free but agent. Yeah, oh, but, well, but I'm saying they've lost them, and they're still in the race. Anyways, I'm going to have to put a lid on this debate for now. Uh, and one, certainly huh? we're going to come back to it. And Sebastian, our producer, I want to make a little change in our schedule here. We're going to go to break now, but we've got uh, Kelly Mermitz on the line, and we're... Uh, we're we're going to put her on the line, and we'll go to break right after after we speak to Kelly. Kelly is, of course, the president and C, C, uh, chief executive officer of Tennis Canada, and it's a return performance to the Naz and Wally Sports. Of course, we're talking about the Rogers Cup, the tournament, tennis tournament that's in Toronto this week. Kelly, uh, good morning. How are you? Good morning. How are you? We're doing fantastic, and thanks so much for joining us. I'm sure you're... Incredibly excited because tennis is, uh, uh, I'm sure you've probably seen this in quotation marks, uh, in a golden age, it seems, in Canada right now with the, with the accomplishments of Milos. And, of course, with the accomplishments of the, our junior Wimbledon champion as well, Dennis, and you're going to have to uh, help me with the pronunciation, Kelly, Shapovalov? Yes, Shapovalov. So tell us a little bit about uh, why this might be a golden age for tennis in Canada. Well, certainly it is a golden age, and uh, for the reasons you just cited, I mean, Milos uh, finals at Wimbledon, and man, he is hot right now. He is playing so well. I was there for his match uh, in Melbourne against Andy Murray 
uh, several months ago. It was the best I'd ever seen him play. And then Wimbledon, he just you know, rocketed from there. He was playing even better than he'd played at the Australian Open. Uh, so Milos for sure. Jeannie is always a story. And, uh, I mean, she was the story in 2014. But I'm telling you, she is so determined. She's, she is strong mentally and physically. So I still think there's going to be a Jeannie story to be told. And then, of course, our juniors. So our junior boys actually went, won Davis Cup last year. So best boys in the world. Um, and Dennis was a member of that team, so Dennis Shapovalov, who won the junior Wimbledon. Uh, Felix Auger Olysiem is uh, also a member of that uh, Davis Cup team, and he made it to the uh, finals at the French and semis at Wimbledon. And then uh, Benjamin Seguin is, uh, he was also in, uh, all three boys were in the quarters at Wimbledon, if you can believe that, and then uh, Ben was in the semis in doubles. So, uh, and, and actually yesterday, uh, Bianca Andreescu, who's only 15 years old, uh, she beat a player ranked 101 in the world yesterday in Montreal at the Coop Rogers. So we're hot right now, baby. Kelly, we're talking to Kelly, president, Kelly Mermitz, president and CEO of Ten Tennis Canada. Just want to tell you, Kelly, uh, in studio with me, of course, is my co-host, Naz Marchese. And, of course, joining us this morning is Mr. Lou Franceschetti, and uh, uh, he's a uh, former Toronto Maple Leaf, and he's actually partaking in your ball hockey tournament, uh, ball hockey event today, and uh, which goes to the whole concept that it's more than just a tennis tournament this week. It's a whole event. And to talk to us a little bit more about that. By the way, Lou lives in my, my building downtown. <laughs> Hi, Lou. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you know, we, I don't actually, when I arrived two and a half years ago, I, I believe that we thought we were in the tennis business. Um, as it relates to Rogers Cup, I'm very clear, we're in the entertainment business. And so our competitors are not Indian Wells or the French Open. Our competitors are Toronto International Film Festival, even the Blue Jays, although I love the Blue Jays. We love the Jays. They're, they're coming to visit us uh, this week. Um, but it is other forms of entertainment. And so um, what we are trying to put on here is a show. So this weekend is Free Family Weekend. We would invite anybody and everybody to come visit us at the Aviva Center this weekend. This week, uh, tickets are very affordable. And we have Cirque du Soleil. We have all kinds of uh, food and beverage opportunities all around the site. We have enhanced the site so that there are gorgeous viewing, um, really high up off the ground, viewing opportunities that are shaded. You can watch players um, practice. So our whole theme is up close, uh, getting closer and get closer. And so you can get really close to the players. feels like yesterday I was in grandstand, watch, grandstand court watching uh, tennis. I could have basically touched the, the player on the court from where I was sitting. So it truly is. We're in the entertainment business, and it's uh, fun for all, all ages. And... Um, uh, it, it's great, on the court and off. Kelly, the Olympics are coming up, and I understand that uh, Raonic and uh, uh, Bouchard are not going to be in the Olympics. Who will be representing Canada at the Olympics? Well, just to be clear, so Milos has definitely said he is not playing the Olympics, and so that's a decision that's been taken. Um, Eugenie is still, I mean, we've paid her flight, uh, hotels are booked. Um, her, you know, we've got a, a team around her, our coach is going down. And she signed all the forms. Uh, she took uh, some of her clothes last week, some of the uh, uniform, Olympics uniform uh, item apparel items last week. So as far as I know, Jeannie is going. Publicly, of course, she said that she's not sure and she'll decide a week or two before. Uh, but right now, uh, Jeannie is going. And if Jeannie's playing uh, women's singles, she's also going to play women's doubles with uh, Gabriella Dabrowski. 
And then uh, we've got Vashik Pospisil playing singles and uh, Vashik and Daniel Nestor playing men's doubles, which could be very, very exciting. This is Daniel's sixth Olympics. And he's already a gold medal winner, and um, I spoke with him yesterday. He's determined to try for that again. So, you know, I think that let's, let's hope that Canada has a, some medal potential there. Uh, Kelly Mermitz, the president and CEO of Tennis Canada. Kelly, uh, of course, two weeks ago was uh, was uh, an incredible moment in Canadian tennis. Uh, Milos, of course, going to the final of Wimbledon, and we talked to uh, to Carl Hale uh, two weeks ago about it as well. And uh, just tell us how much of a difference that makes in in what you do, and how much of a buzz that creates for the grassroots in tennis in Canada. You know, if I think about my job, I really think we have three pillars to our business. So one is certainly the tournaments in Toronto and Montreal that are running this week. Uh, and then we have high performance and our whole tennis development system. And then we have grassroots. And so one fuels the other. The tournaments really uh, generate the revenues that we deploy into grassroots and our tennis development system. But, you know, if you think about it, if, if our tennis development system is producing stars, and, you know, Milish's, uh final, Wimbledon final, is the, was the most watched men's tennis on, in, in Canadian history on television. That inspires a whole new generation of tennis players. So whether it's children uh, or even just average folks of all ages playing but also watching. And so um, truly all three pillars are interconnected and uh, Milos right now, uh, because he's the sweetheart of tennis globally, uh, is certainly helping us to drive grassroots participation. And our grassroots participation numbers uh, since 2014 have just been steadily on the, on the rise. So uh, we know that um, just even relative to last year, frequent play for kids under 12 has increased about 20%. So we are, um, actually we're the second highest sport in terms of growth rate in the world right now. Kelly, will John McEnroe be there also? <laughs> no, I understand John is not going to be here in Toronto. I'm, I'm a little disappointed about that because I've actually never met him. Uh, but no, he's not uh, joining uh, Milos, but Carlos Moya is here now and they've been practicing. They've been on center court practicing for more than a week now. And, um, uh, you know, you can imagine generating quite a buzz around here. Our employees are completely jazzed. Uh, we're talking to Kelly Mermitz. Kelly, one uh, one last question. Uh, I take it uh, that there are all kinds of tickets still available. I wouldn't say all kinds of tickets, uh, but a few tickets at least, because uh, this has probably created more buzz in uh, tennis in Canada, in my memory anyways. But tell us, to our listeners, if uh, they want to attend and enjoy the festivities, how do they go about doing it? Fantastic. So um, you can go to Rogers, rogerscup.com uh, or you can uh, just come straight up to the Aviva Center today and uh, we have the tickets that we would, be, we would love to sell to you. Um, we actually are ahead of ticket sales relative to budget and relative to what we expected uh, just because of the buzz you're speaking about. But um, tennis is from, uh, certainly we have qualifying this weekend, uh, tomorrow right through till the finals on Sunday, July 31st. Uh, there are some tickets still available for all of the sessions, and I would just give you some highlights. So on Monday evening, it's this hot new um, tennis star that we're talking about, Dennis Shapovalov, who's going to play Nick Kyrgios, who's completely the tennis bad boy. Uh, center court Monday night. Buy tickets for that. That will be a spectacle. Wednesday day is uh, Novak Djokovic, uh, world number one, uh, playing on center court during the day. And then our own Milos Raonic is playing uh, Wednesday night. 
um, here at Centre Court again. So there is lots of action. Uh, I would encourage your listeners to come up, I guess, or down wherever you live to the Aviva Centre. Uh, it it's, it's going to be jam-packed with spectacular tennis on the court, but lots of fun off. And we're talking to Kelly Mermitz, uh, President and CEO of Tennis Canada. Kelly, we want to thank you so much, and I just have one last request for you. Uh, when when Franceschetti here is playing in that ball hockey tournament, can you put somebody good on him to shadow him? He's a ball uh, hockey Hall of Famer, uh, Kelly. I, I don't want him to score too much because his ego will get much, much too big, and his you head know, his head won't fit through the door next <laughs> next week. Well, I've been working with I've been working to see if Stan Wawrinka will play against you. So uh, you'll have a, a big Swiss guy uh, right next to you there checking you. And uh, honestly, the ball hockey is so so much fun. You will you will laugh and laugh and laugh. And uh, I'll be down there cheering you on, Lou. Hey, Kelly, I'd like to know, uh, how about if we get on the court with uh, bad boy Australian there and me with, an, uh, with a hockey stick? How do you think that would go? You know, I'm not sure. Nick may take you on. I, I'm, I'm hoping he does. <laughs> Anyways, that, that sounds like it's going to be a lot of fun. And, uh, Kelly, we wish you a fantastic week, and we wish, every, we wish you the, the best of weather. And uh, we said it two weeks ago, go Milos, go. Go, Milos, go. Thank you so much, gentlemen. It's always fun speaking with you. Thanks so much, uh, Kelly. We appreciate it. Thanks so much. That, of course, was uh, Kelly Mermitz, the uh, president and CEO of Tennis Canada. Uh, it's time for our break. We uh, put off our break so we could get Kelly on. We had Kelly on the line. We'll go to break. And just so our listeners, uh, when we come back from break, uh, we have passes to the Thursday night event at the Aviva Center up at... Uh, up at uh, York University for the Rogers Cup, and we'll be giving that away when we come back from the break. And we'll also be back after the break with, uh, we'll be going down memory lane just a little bit. Paul Morris, the iconic voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, was the uh, PA announcer at Maple Leaf Gardens probably during most of our lifetime, Lou and Ness. So uh, I'm really, really looking forward to hearing the voice of Paul Morris. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced that you can get a three-topping party pizza with 24 slices for just $24. It's perfect for large groups on a budget, like staff meetings, sports teams or special ops units. Go, 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 go! So before you break down any doors, get a three-topping party pizza with 24 square slices for just $24. Call Pizzaville on your cell phone at pound 3636. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them. Every day, they've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. Steel's Paint in Woodbridge, an enormous 20,000-square-foot superstore that carries nothing but the best. Superior staff, superior advice, superior selection, superior everything. When you have a really tough job to do, they can knock it down to size. They'll show you how to get it done right, and because they only sell the best of everything, you'll get it done to last. That means superior satisfaction. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. The best. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. 
Most prices are competitive, we'll likely save you money too. But the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics. On time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com, or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. They never argue sports. They just explain while they're always correct. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto. We'll have with you very, very shortly Paul Morris. Paul Morris, of course. As soon as we get him on the line, you will unmistakably recognize the voice, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs for so many years. But before we uh, go to Paul, I want to give out our Pizzaville uh, gift certificates, coupons, and passes for Thursday night session at the Rogers Cup Tournament Tennis. I'm giving out the numbers. Dial in. Second caller will win two free passes for Thursday night session, a $25 Pizzaville gift coupon, and parking passes for Thursday night as well. Give us a call, second caller, 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. They're fantastic passes. It's a fantastic event. Very, very quickly again, 416-360-0740-1866-740-4740. We are thrilled and privileged to welcome to the Nazawali Sports Hour, Paul Morris. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Pretty good. How are you? We're doing fantastic, Paul. It's certainly uh, a pleasure to uh, catch up with you. It's uh, It's been a while since we've heard uh, your unmistakable voice, but you certainly bring back a lot of fantastic memories. Uh, just the name of Paul Morris and just uh, listening to your voice. I, you know, I Googled it and uh, YouTubed it uh, just because I want to listen to it again. It's, uh, you are certainly, sir, a part of so many, uh, so many people's childhoods. Uh, we spent so much time at uh, Toronto Maple Leaf games and probably more at some Toronto Marley games. But uh, how are you doing? I'm doing pretty well, thank you. And uh, thanks so much for joining us. Uh, going back, uh, uh, you, uh, you were the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs at Maple Leaf Gardens from, I believe, the 60, early 60 to 1999. And, that, and you did it. And if I'm not mistaken, you never missed a game. Is that true? Yes, that's true. Certainly, uh, certainly remarkable. What was your, your one uh, favorite uh, memory, if you, uh, if you can one memory or memories uh, of your time doing that work down at uh, Maple Leaf Gardens? Oh, there's there's a lot of them. Um, I always remember the final games of the 67 series. Um, Dave Keon was playing very well. And uh, then uh, I also remember Daryl's 10 goals and uh, or 10 points. 
no, ten goals it was. And, uh, oh, there's uh, so many. I remember Johnny Bauer stopping the puck with his head. <laughs> Things like that. They were great memories. Paul, I used to uh, do uh, do your voice all the time, and it was such a distinctive voice, a distinguished voice, too. Um, when you started, if I can remember correctly, the PA announcer would start with numbers first, and then they would go with last names, and then it ended up the first and last name. Yeah. Do you remember that each each segment, and how how was it dictated to you to do it, or did you do it yourself that way? No, it was that was the league rules in those days, and they set the format for how it was to be done, and then they changed it to including the first names and also repeating the score. Uh, we're talking to Paul Morris, of course, the uh, iconic voice of Paul Morris, the, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And, uh, Paul, um, who was your, uh, your favorite Toronto Maple Leaf uh, of all time? I think Dave Keon. And uh, tell us a little bit why he, uh, he was your favorite. We actually had Dave. We've had Dave on the show two or three times and actually had him in studio here uh, when he was inducted into the uh, the Legends Row down at, at the ACC, and uh, we've gotten to know David uh, a little bit over the course of the last yeah. couple of years. But tell us what, what you remember about Dave Keon and what made him such a great hockey player. He was very, very quick on his skates and almost danced on his skates. And uh, terrific puck handler and uh, just an overall really good player. He wasn't a big guy. He wasn't a tough guy. He wasn't a... A uh, nasty person. He was a nice guy, and he, but he also uh, was a great hockey player. Uh, talking to Paul Morris. Paul, uh, uh, there's only been, this is a remarka- remarkable statistic, but there's only been three gentlemen who have been the announcers at Toronto Maple Leaf games, and that's that's just remarkable when you think that they're, literally coming up to their 100th anniversary or into their 100th anniversary. Of course, it's you, uh, and you, you served for the longest time, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. The other gentleman, I think, was his name, Red Barber? Yes. Red Barber, and, of course, Andy Frost, who's, uh, mm-hmm. who's uh, now they're coming in with somebody new, and I don't think they've announced it yet. But no. uh, you, you started, and uh, tell us when you started, how you, how you got into this. Uh, I believe your father used to work for for Maple Leaf Gardens, but yeah. tell us tell us how you started in how you became the the PA announcer down at Maple Leaf Gardens well, I way grew back up when. Maple Leaf Gardens. I my first memory of uh, gardens was when I was about five years old, going out on Sundays. There was no hockey in those days on Sunday, and my dad would go down and work in the office, and I would go out and skate and learn to skate pushing a chair from the referee's room around the ice. <laughs> and uh, so I just I grew up around the place and uh, was doing... I finally, when I, when I uh, left school, uh, we were building the organ, the uh, Wurlitzer, and it came back to we weren't finished with that, and, and was I going to go back to school at Ryerson, or would I just keep on working? And so I just kept on working. It was also that year that the the uh, man that was doing the uh, George Branton was doing the junior games, and he developed asthma and couldn't continue. And they asked me if I'd like to try it, which I did. That was '58, 
And then uh, 1961, and Red Barber was let go, and I took over the pro as well. Paul, what was the, what was the most difficult name you ever had to pronounce? <laughs> oh, the, well, I had an awful time when the Russians first came to uh, the, when the national team came, and uh, you'd get six people telling you six different pronunciations and. It was a nightmare. Paul, it's Lou Franciscetti. How are you? Hi. How are you, Lou? Well, listen, you ever, how are you? Hold on. Paul, did you ever have any problem with Franciscetti's name? I don't think so. Uh, you know, the, <laughs> and, I'll, and, I'll tell you, and I'll tell you why, Paul. You probably didn't have any problems with his name because he didn't score too many goals. That's probably, you probably didn't have to announce it all that often. Uh, oh, Paul, I remember him. Paul, it just goes to show you how much my co-hosts or the, the, actually know about hockey because it was a career year, uh, and it really put my name and face on the map uh, here in the city when I when I came in and scored twenty one goals. Yeah, he so, scored twenty one goals. Uh, obviously, Wally doesn't know that because he's a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> how long did it take? Did anybody ever have to help you with the uh, with the pronunciation of only my name, but also the the Russian names? Because I know how hard they were. Well, uh, I used to. Um get together with Bob Cole and at times and try and we'd figure out what the pronunciation was, what we were going to use, both use. It wasn't always right. <laughs> but uh, Well, my name's been butchered a few times, so I wasn't really worried. I Knowing that coming home, it would have been a little bit easier. Yeah, yeah. Anyways, we've been talking to uh, Paul Morse, of course, the voice of the Toronto Maple Leafs. And uh, Paul, it's certainly been a pleasure talking to you this morning. And we'd, we're gonna we're gonna draw upon you to, uh, if you can do it, if you can uh, 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 give us the privilege of making one call for us uh, today. We certainly love to go down a little bit of memory lane with our listeners, and they'd certainly love to hear you make one more call. And I'm, I'm going to ask you if you could make a call. Saying goal scored by Lou Franceschetti. Can you do that for us? Yep. And we'll just put a couple of old names in. There. Absolutely. Goals. What was your number again, Lou? I was 15. Oh, yeah. Goal scored by number 15, Lou Franceschetti. Assist number 10, George Armstrong. And number 7, Tim Horton. Time 15.34. That's that's uh, that's wonderful, Paul. Um, you bring. I'll, I'll be. I mean, we uh, Naz and I and Lou. We grew up in the in the in the '60s and the '70s, and uh, went down to so many Marley games and uh, Leaf games. Watched you watched Hockey Night in Canada and listened to uh, your calls. And uh, you know, there's there's so many great uh, great voices from the past that uh, that we've talked about on the show, like. Uh, Bill Hewitt and Danny Gallivan and uh, the announcer over at, uh, I think it was Rene Doucette that, uh, or he was, the, he was the anthem singer over at the Montreal Forum, but certainly yeah. Paul Morris. Paul Morris, uh, certainly uh, that name and that voice is, is etched in the memories of so many of us and uh, brings back uh, really, really fond memories chatting with you this morning, Paul, yeah, and we thank you so good, much for joining us. Brought back good memories for me. We really, really appreciate it, and keep well, my friend. Thank you. It's your, our pleasure. Your, your voice is missed, Paul. Trust me. Thank you. It is missed. Bye. Take care. I think uh, that was certainly a, a That play. was pretty good. That, that was certainly a pleasure talking to Paul Morris. Makes me feel and, uh, young. <laughs> you know, he seemed to, you know what, uh, you know, he's, he's, he, I think he was struggling a little bit with that call, French's goal scored by 15, French's get. He didn't look like he had, uh, he had, been, he had done that too many times in the past, Luke. Well, you get put your number on exact. the spot, Wally. Uh, 20, 22 all times. All 22 scored, times. Toronto goals scored by number 15, Lou Francescetti. You scored 22 as a Leaf? 
well, 21 the first year, one the second. I did yeah. have 36 points, and I also did have over 100 penalty minutes. So, I, I, oh, yeah, you raise a very good point. I forgot. So, he was calling your name a lot of times. See, so, so there, there you go. <laughs> the box, when you were man. headed towards the box. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do a Paul Morris, too. Anyways, uh, that, of course, that was certainly a pleasure. And uh, we'll be going to break now. And right after the break, we're going to talk with Sean Clement for a couple of minutes. There's a story developing down in Oakville, Ontario at the Abbey, Glen Abbey, of course, where the Canadian Open Golf is happening. And lo and behold... A name from Canadian golf that I, quite frankly, I'd never even heard of until Friday has shocked the golf world in Canada. He's in the final group today with Brent Snedeker, and he's one stroke behind. He's a Canadian amateur, and he's got a shot at winning the Canadian Open Golf Tournament. First time ever, if this happens, by a Canadian since 1954. Talking briefly to Sean Clement about that. We'll be right back. It was a rainy day when Pizzaville announced the Pepperoni Party Pizza Special. Get 24 slices for just $24. Can you eat it all in just 24 hours? 24 square slices smothered in pepperoni. You've also got to deal with six bottles of Pepsi. 24 plus six Pepsi for 24. Can you finish it? Go to pizzaville.ca for details. At 20,000 square feet, Steel's Paint and Woodbridge is Canada's largest independent paint store. Big deal, right? Big deal, yes. The best brands, the best staff, the best advice, the best of everything. From color matching to brand selection, whether you're a pro or a DIYer, we'll look after you from the minute you walk in to the minute you walk in a second time as a completely satisfied customer. Big store, big deal, bigger satisfaction. Simple. Steel's Paint, 4190 Steel's Avenue West in Woodbridge. At Titanium Logistics, we believe that choosing the right shipping company comes down to two issues, price and cost. Most prices are competitive, will likely save you money too, but the cost of choosing the wrong company to service your cross-border freight to and from the U.S. and Mexico can be extraordinary. If it's not where it should be, when it should be, that bargain price, worthless. Titanium Logistics, on time, on budget. Call 905-266-3014. Ask for Blair Downey. This is Daryl Sittler for Alta Infinity and Vaughn. I've worked with some pretty great teams over the years, and the staff at Alta ranks among the very best. Expert sales, superior service, and the largest selection of Infinity cars and SUVs in Canada. And the most competitive pricing anywhere. It's no wonder that Alta has been an all-star performer for well over a decade. Visit AltaInfinityWoodbridge.com or better yet, drop by the number 7 Auto Mall at the corner of Martin Grove and Highway 7. Experience the difference that makes Alta Infinity the captain's choice. There's an old saying, entrepreneurship doesn't build character, it reveals character. Entrepreneurs learn to trust a person by trusting people. The law firm Rigabon Carly understands this. They know all about entrepreneurs because they work for them every day. They've earned their trust. They know that when it comes to meeting the legal and business needs of entrepreneurs, good enough is not enough. Rigabon Carly, the intelligent choice. They're not here to be nice. They're here to be right. The boys are back. The Naz and Wally Sports Hour on Zoomer Radio. 
Good morning and welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. We are live from Liberty Village in downtown Toronto on the new AM740. And if you're listening in downtown Toronto, you can also tune us in on 96.7 FM. We're pleased to welcome back to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour one of the world's great internet golf teachers, one of Canada's great golf teachers, Sean Clement. You can find him at wisdomandgolf.com. And also on YouTube, Sean Clement. There's some tremendous, tremendous material there. Sean, good morning. How are you? Morning, guys. I, I think awesome. I think we got you on the golf course, so we'll, uh, we'll we'll keep it brief. You're probably in between putts or in between drives. But Sean, Jared Dutois, where did this come from? This this is so cool. I understand another story uh, like Brooke Henderson, isn't it? See, so you've got, uh, by the way, Jutua means from the roof. Yes. So uh, obviously everybody's shouting his name from the rooftop this morning. And certainly, I just for our listeners, for those who haven't been tuning in the Canadian Open, Jared Dutois is a 21-year-old amateur. He's Canadian, and he's one stroke off the lead in the Canadian Open at Glen Abbey. And and he's, he's in the final group with Brent Snedeker today, and... Uh, who knows, Sean? He might catch lightning in a bottle. Uh, this might be, you know, the, you know, this, you know, when you least expect it. Sometimes that's when things happen. Tell us a little bit about uh, Dutois' game. What uh, what's going on? It's it's so cool. I mean, I went to the practice round on Tuesday, and the course is so baked out, and uh, it really plays into the hands of the long hitters because you know they can't be hitting seven and six irons into these greens they're so hard so even the wedges are having a hard time holding the greens so he's he's a bomber man i, I saw him you saw a few of his drives on 18 they were almost at the water hazard there in front he's hitting you know driver wedge into the par 518 so so if he keeps his driver in play today and he and he you know what's really cool about him is that there are no expectations and what a great way to play you know, he's up there, he's out of nowhere, there are no expectations, and that's, that's where, it, like you said, you could catch lightning in a bottle. Certainly, we're talking to Sean Clement, and uh, you were down at uh, Glen Abbey this week, and you're uh, uh, taking a look at uh, what's going on. When you're, when you're down there and you're checking out the pros uh, during practice rounds or at the range, what, uh, give us a little insight what you picked up. Well, I mean, you know, the, the course is, the driest I have ever seen. I mean, usually Glen Abbey has some really good rough there to, to, to make it. Uh, but so, so instead of having, you know, soft conditions, thick rough where the greens would be reasonably receptive. Now it's like baked out. There is no rough to speak of. Uh, you know, when, if you're in the rough, you know, the club's going to come through like, like a, like a hot knife through soft butter. And uh, it's, it's all, it's all going to be about whose short game is the best. And, he, you know, he, he's looking pretty good with the short game, uh, you know, with the wedges around the greens. And uh, if he can roll in a few putts, I think he's got a terrific chance. So that's, Sean, that's my two cents on it. Sean, he, I, I, I agree with you. The pressure's off of him. I think uh, his expectations are, weren't very high coming in, and I don't think the pressure's on him at all. I think he's going to do very well. Now, this reminds me a bit, uh, John Daly in the PGA Championship when he uh, beat out Bruce Litsky. When he won That's the uh, it. tournament, it reminds yeah. me a bit of that. Yep, he said, "Here's your club, kill it now, go." <laughs> I, I want to. That's all he's got to do is just pick his target, have fun, and just play like a 21 year old with his hair on fire. That's. Uh, I remember those days all too well. It's a blast. Yeah, we were. You know, we're. Uh, I want to. I want to pursue that a little bit, Sean, because you uh, you focus on um, 
on the mental aspect of golf, uh, and especially on focus, more than more than anybody I know. Uh, and certainly, uh, you know, this uh, this Jared Dutois, I mean, I you know, was watching a bit of it yesterday, sank a 40-foot eagle putt on 18 to put himself in the final group, and, uh, you know, crowd went crazy. But, uh, you know, he, uh, up until yesterday, there's absolutely no pressure on this kid. Exactly. Right? No pressure. But... None. But none, none. But let's, we're, we're a day later now. And now yeah. the headlines are, is this going to be the first Canadian to win the Canadian Open since 1954? Yep. Does the game change for him? Does the, mental, does the focus change? Does the, do the nerves well, change? What, what's, the, what, what, uh, what's going through his mind uh, at, at, at 1.30 this afternoon uh, when he's on the practice range and getting, getting ready for his round, has has his has his uh, focus or his mental approach changed suddenly overnight? Is well, it, Derek, Derek Ingram, the national coach, uh, you know, I, I overheard uh, one of the commentators say, so "Don't turn on your phone. Leave your phone off. Don't read the newspaper. Don't watch the Golf Channel. Don't don't get in there." Because, uh, like I remember, you know, having headlines written about me when I was on the Canadian tour. And uh, it really it gets to your head because you're thinking, wow, I, wait a second. Somebody just mentioned me in the paper and uh, saw how, how I was playing so well. And, and boy, I have some expectations to live up to now. You know, I had my picture in the paper. So it's, um, it, 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 he really has to stay away from all the hoopla big time. And, and if his coach is coaching him well, he's saying, listen, you know, I know there's going to be a lot of noise that uh, you, you saw. I mean, he, he did experience the noise yesterday. There were some fantastic crowds. So, you know, he's, he's been easing into it. Uh, he, he understands where the noise is coming from and everything else. And, the, you know, no expectations. He does have a little bit of, uh, uh, of a noise in the background for sure, especially being in the last group. But he's not playing with Tiger, is he? <laughs> no, that's true. Sean, uh, he's an amateur and I, I am told that he cannot collect on his prize money if he won the tournament. Is that true? Yeah. If, if you enter as an amateur, uh, then, you know, you, you can't collect. Exactly right. Uh, you, you, if, you know, you decide to turn professional, and that, that's where, that's where the, the game changes. Uh, if, he, if he does really well here, I'm sure he'll be invited to the Masters next year. And uh, you know, who knows what happens after that. I'm um, talking to Sean Clement. Sean, uh, we want to thank you for joining us. Uh, we wish you the best. I know uh, you're hitting a few balls around today, and uh, are you hitting them right-handed or left-handed today, Sean? Both. My, my <laughs> left-handed driver is working a lot better right now than my right-handed driver. I'm over at Bushwood Golf Club, and uh, we're having a good time. Anyways, thanks uh, Thanks so much for joining us, joining us, and we'll catch up with you soon. All right, talk to you later, guys. Have a Have great fun day. with the Open. We certainly will. That, of course, was Sean Clement. And uh, reference I was making, Sean's actually an incredible, uh, incredible athlete. He's a scratch golfer shooting both left-handed and right-handed. Wow, uh, that's incredible. Uh, you know, if, you can, if you can imagine how, I mean, I, I just imagine how difficult it is for me to, 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 uh, to play golf from one side. But the, he can actually, he's a scratch golfer playing left-handed and right-handed. That's certainly uh, certainly remarkable. Were you ambidextrous, uh, Lou, when you played hockey? Did you shoot right and left? No, baseball. Oh, baseball. You yeah. could, you were a switch hitter? Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. What kind of baseball did you play? 
Uh, uh, you, I played fastball. Played fastball? I played down at Keelsdale. Yeah. Uh, I was a uh, power hitter from the right side and a uh, uh, singles hitter from the from the left side. Fantastic. Anyways, we're going to go back to, we talked to Paul Morris earlier, and, uh, you know, certainly we had uh, we had fun catching up with Paul Morris, and uh, uh, certainly uh, listening to his call once again was, was a lot of fun. But, he, you know, talking to Paul brought up... Uh, Another issue, which is that um, the the gentleman who replaced Paul was Andy Frost, yep. and I always, you know, I I thought Andy Frost did, did a great job. Did a great job. He was good on the uh, on the post game show, and uh, I never remembered anybody who had anything. I, mean, I don't use the word bad in in that sense, but anybody who didn't think that he was an impressive PA announcer down at at the ACC, but uh, the uh, MLSC has let Andy Frost go, and. Uh, Nah, it doesn't make any sense to me. Uh, well, here's what I think. I think that uh, uh, Andy works for Q107, which is a chorus group, and the team is owned by Rogers and TSN, and it's some somewhat of a competitor of theirs with Chorus Radio, and I think that had something to do with it. I really do. Well, certainly, um, you know, neither party has commented on it. Uh, uh, Andy was Andy tweeted. Uh, sent a tweet out after being informed by uh, by Brendan Shanahan, and he was very gracious, quite frankly, in his tweet, saying yeah. that, uh, you know, he understood it, and he wished everybody well and thanked everybody, and, uh, you know, was the consummate gentleman about it and handled it in a very classy, gracious way. But as a fan, um, you know, that's, you know, we, we, we like to, uh, we like to, uh, talk that we, we represent the fans on the radio here. As a fan, I'm not, I'm not overly, to the extent that Andy wasn't looking to retire, the, to the extent that um, uh, he was let go, and, and technically he wasn't let go. He was quotation marks. His contract wasn't renewed. Whatever. Okay, but... Uh, same, same Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think there was... Uh, I, I think the fans liked Andy Frost. Uh, you know, he, he, he had to do that job through some pretty miserable times down at the ACC, and... Uh, uh, I, I I certainly thought he brought some enthusiasm and passion to what he did, and from a fan's perspective, I I don't get it. I, I didn't I didn't get the sense that the fans were looking for a change. I thought the fans uh, really liked Andy Frost and uh, thought he was aside from the fact that he was a damn good PA announcer. You know, he, I thought he did a I thought he was a very astute observer of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and in his post game show, I can't even remember the. Used to do the post game show on yeah, uh, uh, the, the call in show after after yeah, all the games. Yeah. I, I I thought he was uh, he was he was he was he was damn good at what he did. I just I don't get it, Lou. You know what? I uh, it's his voice along with Paul Morris are iconic in in Toronto Maple Leaf history. It's it's something that I guess we'll never know. Uh, they're looking for better, bigger and better things. It seems like they're they're changing everybody in all facets of uh, of the hockey well, business right now. So. Yeah. Um, yeah. We'll never know what the, what the final uh, I mean, what actually and, happened. And, and, and you know what I mean. At the end of the day, Andy Frost is. I mean, he's he serves at the pleasure. He's an employee. I mean, let's you know. At the end of the day, he's an employee, a valued employee, an employee that had a public persona. Uh, but he's an employee. Uh, you know, an employer has the right. <clears throat> he's on a contract. Has the right. To, he wasn't fired. His contract wasn't renewed. Employer has the ultimate right to make those decisions um you know it may be part of a general corporate strategy where you know um in the sense of maybe maybe they're you know maybe it's a youth movement 
You know, maybe they want somebody younger, somebody, you know, maybe they want to, maybe they want to turn the Toronto Maple Leafs into something a little bit like the Toronto Raptors. You know, maybe you want a more youthful audience. Maybe you want to appeal to a more youthful audience. You know, Andy Frost is probably of our vintage. I'm not sure his exact ages, but I think he's about 60. Uh, and you know what? Management of these, and it's not just a hockey thing. It, it, it's it's cross-business. And you know what? Once you get up to a certain age, yeah, you know, people start looking at you and say, you know, maybe we need somebody younger in the job. And it's unfortunate because Andy is beloved, uh, is doing a fantastic job as, as far as I could tell. Uh, but... You know, if that it, was the direction, why is Lou Lamarillo the general uh, manager at 72 years old? That's, that's a very good point, Naz, but that decision was made a few years back, and maybe maybe they've taken, a, a, as as part of a corporate strategy, they want to get more youthful. In, maybe in all he's kind, the smartest one out of them. What's that? So maybe because he's the smartest hockey person Lewis. out of all of them. Yeah. Yeah. So, so why I'll, make the change with Andy Frost? That's what um, I'm saying. I, I, I agree with your with your final comment on that one, Naz, is we'll probably never know. We'll probably never know. And I, and well, it should be interesting to see if it's a, a TSN or a Rogers guy that goes in there, or a woman. It doesn't matter which. But Well, I've heard that. I've heard that rumor that it might be a woman. And you know yeah. what? That that will be very interesting. Um, uh, maybe it's time. I, I mean, I like to think that somebody who's going to get the job is going to get it because they're going to do the job better than anybody else. Um, but there's no reason why it shouldn't be a woman. Why not? Why not? It's time. As Justin Trudeau says, we're now in 2016 or 2015 or whatever whatever he said. So, you know what? If there's qualified candidates out there that are women, by all means. Um, but I think they're looking for somebody younger. Um, and, and it's probably will be part of it my guess is part of a general rogers bell corporate strategy they've, they've got a different branding i they got different branding images different ideas how they want to run the thing and uh they haven't i i'm not sure what they're doing if they're interviewing anybody now but uh well, i'm sure they are they, the they, season's coming up season, so I'm sure they you are. know the preseason's coming up pretty soon so I, my guess is there'll be an announcement fairly shortly um and we've got a couple of minutes left uh you want to go back to our Jays? This yeah, Louis. I have to ask you a question. Being a Yankee, uh, Yankee admirer, uh, they don't sell players at the trade deadline for some reason. They are a very proud organization, and they want to keep their team intact. They didn't really want to say they want to give up. Would you dismantle the the Yankees right now? And they've got a lot of assets that other contenders would like. I, I, you really have to look at who. You want to get rid of there. I know they're so close right now. They're three and a half, four games out of, of a wild card. Uh, that's a tough, you know, I don't get paid the, the same thing Cashman does. He, you got uh, Beltran who's having a great year. He, he might as well throw Rodriguez, Teixeira out the window because they're they're done. I know Teixeira's having a tough year with coming back from injury. Uh, there's talk that uh, Sabathia might be gone. Uh, there's talk that Gardner might be traded because he's probably the most valuable asset that will bring back the most quality in return. Uh, then you've got uh, Jacoby Ellsbury out in center field who's been injured most of the year. So it, it's a situation where... There's two relief pitchers, too. Uh, yeah, they got uh, Miller sure. and, and Chapman. Chapman, yeah. Chapman and probably Gardner would be the top two guys that I would deal in the sense that uh, they will bring back the, the biggest return for them to more or less to, to restock and reload for, for next year. Uh, Beltran's not going to bring back much, but I can't see them making those trades to teams in the East. There's talk that Beltran might be coming here for that big left-handed bat, and he, 
the only reason why he's he's Carlos Beltran is because he's had a great playoff. Yeah, he always plays well in the playoffs. Yeah, so I can't see him coming here to Toronto. First few seconds left. Naz, I want to give you the last shot on the show. Uh, Jays, anything going to happen this week? Yeah, I think something will happen. And I'm not sure what, but I think something will happen. And I think it'll be uh, a bullpen guy. A bullpen guy. And yeah. that's certainly where the need is. The need is in the bullpen. Anyways, you've been listening to the Naz and Wally Sports Hour for another week. And Lou, we wish you all the best at the ball hockey tournament today over at the Rogers Center. Don't hurt the, hurt the guy don't that's hurt, covering don't, you. Man. You know, it would not be good for you if you actually hurt one of the tennis players that's got to play <laughs> in the tournament this week. Okay, so lay off the lumber, please. And if, if by chance you manage to take home the MVP of this ball hockey tournament, which I know that you're fully capable of, I will expect my suitable commission check tomorrow delivered to my office. Anyways, it's been another great week on the Naz and Wally Sports Hour. Lou, thanks for joining us. To all our listeners, have a fantastic week. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.